0: Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path To Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy-ass weights, and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same.
1: We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just want to be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing.
0: Billions of these humans, humans Spinning on a
1: ball of confusion Some kids I went to school with Gave up on their dreams, they said screw it I said, Oh I'ma make some music
0: Even if they tell me it won't do shit do it. Damn, I fucking knew it I'm blowing up quick, I said, boom, bitch I could give, give a few hello, tips the Paschal Paschal the for you, the past goals, team
1: we doin'? Hello out there! Thanks for hopping on and listening to us today. Yes, Alyssa, how are you? I'm good. I woke up at 3:30 a.m. and my husband hell? and I. So, okay,
0: <laughs> nobody is gonna relate to this, but tell us how weird you and Fernando are.
1: <laughs> uh, we're more so. I've always been a morning person. I freaking love the morning since I was like in high school. My whole family actually, we all wake up early. Even like Christmas, my brother and I would be up at 4 a.m. like watching the Christmas story. Anyways, I digress. Um, so my husband, I think he went to the bathroom and it was around like 3.30 and we go to bed. Like we're in bed at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> at night, um, like sleeping by 8. And so it's plenty of rest. And so he, he kind of got me up and we have been watching. Um, it's called The Boys and it's like a superhero um. <laughs> Episode um, show that came out during COVID apparently we're really late because we don't we don't watch a lot of TV, yeah. so he's like, "Do you want to go down and watch?" I was like, "Absolutely." So this is when <laughs> we watch TV is like at three thirty or four AM in the morning. <laughs> so we watch some watch some of that, and then he hits the gym at five AM, and and then I get to work, um, with all my check-ins okay. and check ins and checking in with the clients. So that was my morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. I wish God, I just can. I even if I tried, I'm having a hard time going to bed at nine let alone at 7:30. I'm like barely. I'm still eating my ice cream at
1: 7:30. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's a it, I think it's a young kid thing. Like if we didn't have Camille,
0: I have to do that too when I have my baby.
1: Yeah, we are when the well, the first year will be in really no sleep. But after that, <laughs> <laughs> bedtime's usually when they go to bed, uh, yeah. which actually I don't think that's quite common for probably every Parent out there, like I think most parents, when their kids go down, that's when they get their me time. No, but I love me. that. No, I
0: love it. I mean, I'll definitely try to do that with Kevin. <laughs> I think Kevin uh, has a heart, like he, he thinks that he needs TV before bed. It drives me nuts. I'm like, no. If it were me, like I would cut those cords and not have TV at all. But actually, you know,
1: Kevin, the science, yeah, actually <laughs> the blue light. Emission in your eyes about one hour before bed is not recommended. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. He, he does not care about that. No, <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no. Uh, Kevin already actually wakes up really early. He wakes up at four a.m. every day to go to the gym or to work. So I don't know how much earlier that we could get up from there. But I've been trying to wake up at four a.m. This starting this week uh, was my new schedule. How's it going? Uh, uh it's been challenging. <laughs> Uh, I was, I was going strong Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday it's my rest days from the gym. So I get to sleep in a little bit and I think that just kind of screws things up a little bit because then <laughs> there's carryover effect to Thursday and then right. I'm waking up at like 4.20 on Thursday. And then today it was like 4.45, 5, 5.30, hitting <laughs> the snooze like five times.
1: So it's oh, a work good. in progress. and not there yet. Denise yeah. is here. You would, she would tell you, just hit one alarm, one alarm, and just get it's up on that alarm. Cover
0: your, your ears. Pretend I didn't say that.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, today we want to share with you guys our history with dieting. Uh, I think this is important to share with you guys because you know we post a lot of content about under eating, about fad diets, about you know food restriction, body image, body confidence. And we want to let y'all know that this isn't just coming out of thin air for us. We
1: have this was, was an us problem at one point. This was us.
0: This was us. We're, when we post stuff on the internet, we're basically talking about ourselves because we've been through it. And so we wanted to share our personal stories with you guys on how we grew up, our relationship with food growing up our relationship with food as young adults and body image and all the things. I mean, we've been through it all. Uh, so Alyssa, um, mm-hmm. I guess where do you start? No, yeah, go first. Where were you, where are you yeah. born? No, I'm just kidding.
1: 80, oh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was born in 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cold March day. It was raining outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah So um, let's start. So my my parents are married. I grew up um, with a younger brother, and my mom's Italian. My dad is Mexican, so good food on both sides. My mom knew she knew how to cook. She was a good cook. She cooked some bomb food. I will say we did sit down, eat dinners together growing up, Um, and I will say this. One thing I've noticed and reflected on, my family eats fast, so that's something I've grown up to have to check myself with is... It was like, if you didn't eat all the biscuits, those Pillsbury biscuits with the honey and the butter,
0: if oh you didn't God. get,
1: <laughs> if you didn't eat yeah. your fair share, like they would be gone. Like my family, they, they eat quick. So I, I definitely ate quickly. Like that was a thing. And my mom did cook very balanced meals. Like dinners would be a starch, a protein, um, you know, what did I hit? Carbs, fats, proteins, lots of veggies. I, I loved veggies. I was a great eater as a child. Uh, I was in sports. So I was, like we had mentioned in our last podcast, I played volleyball, I played basketball. So I was very active. I, my mom would pack me or I would bring lunch on most days to school. But I do remember in middle school and high school, eating lots of muffins. Like I remember you and I would go to the cafeteria, and get those big cookies. Like Oh yeah, 25 cents, cents, baby. Or uh, you, guys, you guys, this is a funny story. Like growing up, her uh, Shantae and I would uh, we'd have that free period before volleyball, and we'd go to Jack in the Box, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd yeah. have no money, but we'd ask people. We'd literally like little <laughs> beggar <laughs> children ask people, "Hey, okay, you got twenty five cents?" Back then, I think it was like twenty five yeah, fifty quarter. cents.
0: Yeah, it's so a quarter we quarter would. Yeah, fifty cents,
1: like. So cheap. we would go like load up on those little 50 cent tacos, smash those down. Um, and so like definitely ate a lot of fast food um as a teen. And it it caught up to me around uh senior year. I remember, I really, I still remember getting in my spandex shorts and they were starting to get real tight, like those little shorts that you all wear, like we used to wear in high school. And all the high school volleyball girls are really thin. And being Mexican, I would carry – my genetics have like that thick thigh. <laughs> and, and then like growing – dude, like looking at Seventeen Magazine at that age and seeing really thin, slender girls, I remember being so uncomfortable just like having to put those things on and my thighs would be rubbing together And um, that's, I think, when my body um, image was probably around the worst. Like, I would – I'd feel really uncomfortable uh, going to practice. Um, And at that time – and spoiler alert, our our moms are going to be on (laughs) the next podcast. So we're going to interview them and get their side. But when I've been – my mom has been a little stressed about – not too stressed, but a little stressed, like trying to recall my upbringing. She was like, We didn't really diet. So I was like, Mom, yes, we did. Like, we had Slim Fast. She's like, I don't remember Slim Fast. I was like, I am certain I wasn't the one grocery shopping. I drank Slim Fast. I remember having those in the house. Um, I remember she, having Link Cuisines. She had Link Cuisines. And I remember all the time after school, what's on the TV, it's like Dr. Oz and Oprah and Dr. Oz's. I remember him always talking about some pill or some diet to be on. Oprah was always promoting some weight loss secret. So the combination of watching Oprah, Dr. Oz, and then having my hands on 17 Magazine with very thin, slender women uh, promoting how, you know, all these different diets. I can't remember the ones at the time, but I wanna say it was like low carb, the Atkins diet was around, right? Um, And I do remember around that time, my mom who has always been slender, um, up until I think her forties, she started, I remember her complaining about her body. Um, and she never made comments on my body, like ever. She always, you know, would say I'm athletic and eat. Like she never really had any comments, but I think I would hear her talk about how she felt about her body, certain parts like her tummy or her arms or whatever, putting on bikinis in the summer and just, I hate this or that. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So I think the combination of hearing your parents talk about their bodies, magazines, of course, your friends at school. um, We didn't have social media at the time. So magazines and TV was where we got it. We
0: didn't have social media at the time. Oh Oh, my God.
1: Can you imagine?
0: No, no, I cannot. (sighs) I mean, I could just, I just know how challenging it was for us without social media. So I can't even really Mm -hmm. imagine how challenging it could be for kids now with social media, how bad it is.
1: Yeah. No, Camila will not have a phone. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. We will enforce this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the combination of all those things, I do remember senior year of high school, my mom like Atkins was a thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad was actually a vegetarian. So
0: oh, she really?
1: by default, you don't remember this. No, I don't. Remember? I don't your dad was a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. So my dad, when he had wow. met my my he, so he was um he was overweight his whole youth life. Oh, really? Um he, he blames his mom's Hispanic cooking, <laughs> um, authentic, delicious food. And he was just always overweight, never played sports. And he decided right around the time he met my mom that – he was like, it must be the meat because he ate out a lot of fast food. And so he just thought, I think he had heard somewhere and he just told me the story the other day, but I can't exactly remember what it was, but he had, um, connected meat with, um, he actually had worked at McDonald's too. And by the way, he was like, it was disgusting and it turned him off. Um, and so the combination of, uh, um, connecting processed food, uh, fast food um, and meat together. He just decided he was no longer going to eat meat, so he went vegetarian. Mm. Uh, right around the time he met my mom, and so when Atkins diet came around, as you know, it's low carb and you and lean always. on meat, yeah. <laughs> proteins and and vegetables. And so we, as a family, we kind of all went on the Atkins diet. My mom was just kind of cooking lower carb because she wanted to lose weight, and my dad he was really. Um, In love with basketball. And so he wanted to, he thought if he lost weight, he could jump higher. Um, And so he was hitting the gym. My mom had hired a personal trainer. We were all on Atkins. Again, I was at my heaviest. So it was like, I was like all in. I also wanted to get better at volleyball. So uh, I started cutting carbs. (laughs) And I remember coming home from school exhausted. I totally remember coming home from high school. Laying down and falling asleep on the couch, pounding coffee <laughs> because I was so tired. And yes, I was exhausted. Um, and I remember after pounding coffee after volleyball practice, uh, like at the end of school, the school day. Oh, so wow. tired. I like the, yeah, which yeah. probably led to horrible sleep and a bunch of other yeah. side effects. But um, I, you know, it's funny when my family would go out to eat for the first time. We wanted, I think we went to Macaroni Grill or some steakhouse or some, um, Italian spot where there wasn't a lot of options Mm -hmm. for low carb. It was like all pastas. My mom, we all ordered salads or with chicken salads. And my dad for the first time in 25 years said, I will take the chicken vegetables or whatever, whatever it was, a chicken salad. And then went to the bathroom. We all looked at each other. We're like, I guess he's not vegan anymore. Like (laughs) he literally just became, stopped being vegan around because of (laughs) Atkins diet. Um,
0: yeah. Like, so nonchalantly, like like yeah, we like, oh you you're like, wait, what? You just gave up.
1: I'm just kidding. Um, no, so the whole family wants out in Atkins. Obviously, it did not work out for us. As you can see, I was exhausted. Um, I, I remember eating after school, like cereal and then bowls of cereal because I was just so hungry. <laughs> yeah. And then heading into college, I think I had gotten some weight off because. I had discovered bodybuilding – like lifting more. Dude, I remember um, that was...
0: you just got you got you lost so much weight. I remember you being so not even thin, but just like really fit. Like I, re- I just remember you from high school until mm-hmm. that like that transition period from high school to mm-hmm. uh, junior college. You just you lost a ton of weight, and you're obviously lifting weights, and you know still going to the gym, doing cardio, all that stuff. Um,
1: and you were, you know, relatively- we were working out together. Wasn't that the time? I remember I remember
0: being so jealous. I'm like, why are you look so skinny?
1: Why Honestly, look so I, to skinny? be honest, I can't remember. After high school and the transition I'm to- Like, oh, you- what are you
0: eating? You're like, oh, I- Because <laughs> we were working at makeup counters together. I don't know if you guys know, we have a history and a background in makeup artistry. And so we were working in the same department. And I remember one day you said- Oh, I love eating soup for lunch because it just fills you up. And then I started eating soup for lunch. Because lunch.
1: And then I ate soup for lunch. And then I ate soup for lunch because I, I wanted to it at like all. Melissa
0: and lose weight and be fit. Oh, you know what?
1: I do remember. So I around my senior year, I had my first job at an Italian restaurant. So oh, this was probably yeah. right after Atkins – I ate so much freaking bread. And if I mess up orders like on pizzas, I was eating so much pizza, so much bread. And then this is what happened I stopped working at that Italian restaurant, got a job at the makeup counter, and I was on my feet all day. Mm. So I think just the combination of leaving the Italian restaurant, I dropped like 15 pounds <laughs> and just standing and just doing makeup. That probably yeah. also helped. But I can't recall my diet specifically around that time. How old were we when we were doing Benefit and like 20, early
0: 20? 19, like 20. 20, like, yeah, 19.
1: Also, wouldn't be that be the time we were raving?
0: <laughs> yeah, mm. yep. <laughs> raving <laughs> and barely eating. So our diet was basically salads, soups, um, nuts, like barely, barely, barely eating anything, uh, I remember. So, and then, you know, drinking alcohol on the weekends and doing mm-hmm. regular activities. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so that was that, and then we moved to San Francisco. That's when we Uh,
1: became hippies. We thought we so this was our grand plan is we were gonna get I was gonna get dreads, and we were gonna live in the Hate Ashbury, and we were gonna be hippies and shop at like secondhand stores. That was at least what I had envisioned, (laughs) and then we realized we couldn't afford to live in the Ashbury Hate because it was way too expensive.
0: But you can't take the SoCal girl out of. So no. like we were like we So, like, first, we were never gonna be a freaking hippie. We were too like we'd love makeup too much. We like no. dressing up.
1: We I like liked to shower. I did. I was like, after I researched, like, what dreads did your hair? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> we lived there for the first week. I remember, like, we were like, I think we made a mistake. Why did we move up here? It was cold. We cold. We could not handle the the cold weather. I, I vividly remember one of the nights when we went out for the first time by ourselves. I was wearing. I think it was that blue tight dress and we didn't want to do coat check. Oh, we and- didn't
0: wear any coats. I refused to get a pea coat for like the whole time that I was there because I wanted to wear my core dress dresses with high heels with our – Tiny ass jackets, like SoCal jackets that we're so used to wearing here. You guys, so we suffered, would walk suffered. We suffered in, in
1: silence. <laughs> just a little. Well, we didn't suffer because we had our uh, liquid blankets. Yeah, we'd literally put water bottles of vodka and wear our high heels and walk like half a mile, sometimes uphill, like up Geary, up toward. Remember, in yeah. our little dresses, <laughs> and then we'd ride the bus like an hour to downtown, just like drinking our little pregame.
0: Oh, yeah. oh my Those God. are the days. Those are
1: the days. Yeah. So during but, that time is when yeah. wh- so we were I think at that time we were going to school, working, lifting somewhat. Uh,
0: I mean I mean we weren't actually we were going to the gym or at least yeah, I was. Go. we were going to the gym but we weren't actually doing anything while we were there. Right. So spinning we our wheels. Exactly. So, if you would have asked us at that time if we worked out, if we went to the gym, we would say, "Yeah, of course, we go every day." Um, but we weren't doing shit. We mm-hmm. were doing some random ass machines and some random exercises, not challenging ourselves at all. Um, felt like shit all the time because we're constantly hungover um, or sleep deprived, or you know whatnot. But um, yeah. And then that was I started my transformation in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. So. Shantae came home one day and said, I hired a coach and I'm going to do bikini competition. I was like, bitch, you're <laughs> going to do that? I'm going to do that? Like, I'm not going to let my best friends get best friend get abs without me. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. I'm going to do it too. <laughs> so that, I think, is when we started – or I, started, I guess this is still my story yeah. part, but <laughs> uh, when I was like, okay, if she's going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I ended up – I, at the time, was working – at a fitness club and one of the personal trainers there, uh, had just finished a figure competition. And so after you had hired your trainer, I just, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, my friend's doing a competition and I need to do it too. Can I hire you? And she gave me, she's like, here you go. Like gave me a workout plan. Um, and, uh, back then, this was like 10 years ago, right? it was a printed list of what the foods I was going to eat. So it was like, okay, meal one, I still think I have this memorized. Meal one was oatmeal with egg whites. Meal two was like four ounces of chicken, a half a cup of rice and a cup of broccoli meal. Like it was literally written out. And then as the weeks went on, it'd be like, instead of 10 almonds, it's eight almonds. And then, (laughs) and then instead of four ounces of chicken, it is four ounces of tilapia and one less broccoli. It was that strict week after week. And I remember being on the cardio for like doing two days, like 90 minutes on the treadmill. I got tiny. Do you remember that oh, show? Yeah. Was like,
0: uh, yeah. You were like, oh my God, I've never seen you so
1: small before. <laughs> you could blow me away. I was <laughs> tiny. So
0: I remember visiting you um, and then <laughs> you, frail you and, and were planning on going to like Cabo or some sort of thing after the yeah after the um after the competition, and you were showing me all of your bikinis that you got. You are like, God, it feels so good to just wear whatever you want, like you know, just That's look like at size a three. Yeah, exactly. and but you were starving. <laughs> You're
1: starving. You're starving. I was so almost broke up with me. We were we were I think still new, and he was like this hangry ass look girl like he oh, he was this close cuz i was hangry and not happy oh God, and when yeah. you're I'm so deprived of food of course uh, being n- a new couple he was like all over me and i'm like get get off, fucking <laughs> get off of he's like but no you look up yeah, no, no. Ever, and- <laughs> you cannot touch <laughs> and remember our yeah. vacation to cancun we went Freaking wild! Like I drank and ate so much, I was out of control. It was bad. Um, And then come when
0: you're deprived that long, you you're finally done with the diet. Quote unquote, you're done. You're over. You're just goes balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. Eat, drink, you know, uh, eat whatever you want, and yeah, just so what happened after that? Um, yeah,
1: so I gained quite a bit of weight back. I can't recall how much it was a probably I think it was around probably 15 pounds, maybe 20 honestly. Um, and this is where we decided our metabolisms were broken, right? Our it metabolism, never, were, we,
0: damaged metabolism.
1: Da, we are, there was metabolic be, damage.
0: Yeah, metabolic damage. It wasn't
1: It wasn't the drinking and binging on the weekend. And, and by the way, we did not learn. So, what that first show taught me was how to follow a meal plan and follow a workout plan for sixteen weeks. That's what it taught me. Do what the coach says. Don't. Don't. Nothing outside of that paper that she handed me that day. And that is it. So she didn't, I mean, and that wasn't her job, honestly. Back then that, you know, life skills wasn't a thing. But uh, after that, it was like all hell broke loose. And so the years to follow was, again, us binging, uh, Thursday night going out drinking, Saturday was brunch, Saturday night drinking, Sunday brunch. It was like a whole fiasco. And then Monday it was like, okay, got to get back on it, start with those salads, hit the gym. And we were wondering why we were spinning our wheels. And then I'll just quickly go in, because I know you want to get to your story, but uh, we had hired our second coach, learned about macro tracking. That's when the that the game changer happened, actually learning how to flexibly diet. Um, and then from there, I think it was just learning on our own the life skills that we know now and help mm-hmm. teach our clients, of course. But that was a quick synopsis of my life. Well, I think we can end it and go to you, yeah? yeah? Or do you think yeah. I missed anything?
0: I don't. I mean, I'm sure things will come up as I... because we've done everything together. There's like a crossover. So I'm sure I could fill in if anything uh, was missing. But um, so my story, starting with how I was raised and the food in our house. So I lived in a very um, conservative and um, restrictive uh, nutrition and food household. Um, It had nothing to do with weight loss, being on a diet. But, um, I think my parents had a very, um, specific view on what it meant to be healthy. And because there was limited access to research and accurate information with nutrition at the time, at that time in the nineties and early two thousands, uh, fats are bad, carbs are bad. Right. So it's like, okay, what the fuck can you eat? Um, So uh, junk food was never, ever, ever found in my house. Um, Junk food was never found in our house. Um, We also lived off of Lean Cuisines. Uh, I also want to preface this by saying, you know, my parents worked a lot. Um, Not only were my parents full-time, you know, working full-time, but uh, my grandmother, who was uh, slowly dying of Parkinson's disease, Uh, Lived with us as well, and so my mom was managing all of that. You know, raising a family, working full time, and taking care of my grandmother full time. Well, we had a part time caretaker at at one point, but all of that it's it's just really challenging. So my mom wasn't in the kitchen cooking anything. Uh, She didn't have time for that shit, and so, which is fine. I mean, to totally understand, like you know, when you have other priorities, like food is just not like making home cooked meals is not like a top priority, right? but she always kept the house clean and beautiful. And so I don't know how she was able to do all of that. Um, I guess, you know, I got that from her because I am very, uh, anal with my house and organization and needing things to look a certain way. But as far as food, um, yeah, there was no such thing as dessert. There was no such thing as, um, allowing, uh, candy or sweets in the house. We lived uh, off of Lean cuisines and just really basic stuff like chicken and a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruit. And I was allowed one piece of candy per week on Sundays. I was allowed to go to 7-Eleven. And, man, did I look forward to those days. Like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Sundays because I could go to 7 lemon and pick out my one piece of candy and I remember savoring every little last bit of that candy because it was the one time I could have it until the next Sunday and um Outside of my house, of course, you know, teachers would give me candy and, you know, wherever, you know, like other extracurricular activities that I would have, you know, things that I wasn't allowed to have at home. Um, I found myself not being able to control myself around those things because I was never allowed to have them or I viewed them as, oh, this is like bad, like you can't have this, but I need to eat as much as possible now because I don't know the next time I'm going to have it. And... um as I got older and gotten into sports, my parents had a sign on our refrigerator door
1: that said "Eat less, do more cardio." Okay, did you confirm this with your mom? I have to. I have to ask. Well, did we you confirm ask- the sign because I could have sworn of- it said "Eat less, eat, eat healthy, eat less."
0: Eat healthy, eat less. Okay,
1: I could, but we'll we'll confirm that I with your mom next cardio. week.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll see what my mom says. <laughs> but I, it could have been my dad who made that. So I'll have to ask him. But anyways, we had a sign on our fridge door basically saying, don't eat <laughs> or just eat your vegetables and like eat as little as possible, right? There was nothing.
1: There's seriously nothing at your house. We'd go there and be like, what the fuck? I remember we our like treat at your house was those tiger milk bars and period the, per, the sparkling the period. water. Yes, <laughs> that,
0: was, that, that was my treat was those nasty ass tiger milk bars that taste like chalk and Carrie, Yeah. That's what got me excited. I remember that, um, I would sneak down, you know, when my parents were in bed or in their room, I would sneak downstairs and we have wood floors and a small house. And so I was tiptoe so like slow. So my mom wouldn't hear me and I would just go into the, the big ass tiger milk boxes and just like grab a handful of, t- my room and just binge on them. I I used to pretend they were chocolate. Um, And so, yeah, I developed some weird relationship with food because obviously, you know, I thought that those foods were bad and I wasn't allowed to have them. And I became obsessed with sweets, obsessed. Um, And so I remember even like when you and I would go to parties, Alyssa, I always felt like you had Good self-control with like if we're around snacks. I was yeah. always the one around the table just
1: snacking, like <laughs> not leaving the table because all the snacks were there. I will say my my family always did have chips, ice cream, cookies. My mom would always have it in the house. So I think, you know, just having it available at all the times when I saw it at it parties. Not like, want it see. The- yeah. hmm
0: Yeah. Not me. Like Whenever I was around chips or cookies or any type of snacky foods, I would eat the entire thing like every single time. And so you start to develop this belief that you have no control around these foods, right? When you start, when you believe these things and you start to act upon them, you're like, okay, well, I guess I just can't have this in the house or I really am somebody that has no control over my, my food. And so uh, I'm trying to think after high school um, when we, we're in community college. Um, obviously I had a lot more freedom with food, but it was very much the same, you know, restrict as much as possible Monday through Thursday and Friday. And then we're partying, drinking, eating whatever we wanted on the weekends. And my, um, I would go to the gym, I would lift for an hour and I would do an hour of cardio every single day, six days per week. Like that was my lifestyle for a long time. And, um, it did catch up eventually, you know, like as Alyssa said, we moved up to San Francisco. Um, I was going through my own stuff, uh, up there, really low self-confidence, um, terrible dating history. Like I would just, because I had such low self-confidence, I just dated like the worst of the worst. And so obviously that didn't help with my confidence either. Um, and so, um, with the partying, it just kind of, exacerbated those feelings. And eventually one day I was like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I'm not happy in my body. I'm just sad all the time. I'm angry. I need to get my shit together. And so my solution was to hire a personal trainer because I did uh, gain some weight and I just wasn't feeling confident in my body. And so that was just like my go-to is, okay, I need I need structure. I need structure in my life. Um, I grew up with over restriction structure. And I went to the complete opposite end. I had so much freedom that I had absolutely no structure. And then I needed to incorporate more structure back into my life. So I hired a personal trainer, um, lost about 15 pounds, and it was very much the same, you know, here's the meal plan. I, you know, saw her two to three times per week. I worked out on my own based on what she taught me. And actually my initial motivation to do that was I wanted to get back with an ex-boyfriend.
1: Revenge body.
0: I wanted a, a revenge body, baby. I wanted to come back and I wanted to move back to San Diego and showed him, show him what the fuck he was missing. Um, and then it, did, it turned out that, you know, it didn't work out between us, but I just felt so confident in my body. I wanted to take it to the next level. I wanted to see what else I could do. And for me, for whatever reason, I thought that that was doing a bodybuilding competition. And this was just when Instagram was coming around. So I followed a lot of bodybuilders and I saw um, this bodybuilding coach who coached a lot of pro level bikini athletes. And he was cheap, which is the first warning sign of...
1: (laughs) Red flag, number one.
0: Red flag, number one. When somebody is cheap, that means you'll get cheap services. So, um I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money at that time. I already invested $3500 in my personal trainer and now I wanted something a little bit more affordable. So it was like it was like like 5 less than 600 bucks for like 6 months. Was it? It oh. was insanely cheap. And so I got excited and obviously I didn't know shit about nutrition. I thought it was, you know, meal plan, cardio, workouts, you know, same thing as you Alyssa and so mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't know anything about nutrition or how all this stuff works. I just assume that you just kind of have to suffer and white knuckle through everything because that's, if you want results, you need to suffer. You need to go through it.
1: Well, and, to be fair, that's what Instagram was putting out. I because I go back yeah. into my old Instagram, like what I've posted, and it was like back when it was like, Nike, just do it, or just like, if you're not doing it, you're not trying hard enough. That was like there's no pain, there's no gain, there's no or some shit like that. Yeah. That was the the stuff that people were putting out at the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that was the messaging. So To be fair. Yeah. It's not our fault. <laughs> we are victims of this. Yeah, we are victims, not our fault at all. Um, um, and so in combination with my first personal trainer, with this bodybuilding coach, I was in a really restrictive diet and overexercising for... Like eight months, and then the competition came around. I remember actually, I binged on Quest bars two weeks before the competition. This. I was so disappointed. Just like, up. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I was, I could not hang on. Like I was so hungry and so irritated and angry and just carb depleted. And I remember uh, we, my family and I, we flew back to San Francisco for my graduation to walk, mm-hmm. and I was in the. Deep of my cut, and I came to my graduation with a ziploc bag of
1: asparagus, chicken. asparagus oh, and chicken. Like
0: ass, <laughs> I cannot eat asparagus till this day. I still cannot eat oh. asparagus till this day. It's disgusting to me. Like I remember, I was also dating uh, a new boyfriend at that time, and we went hiking to a very oh my god hike, and I brought my ground beef and asparagus with it's me It's all on warm and shit. Oh, disgusting. It's so disgusting. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> handle it. Um, and then, yeah, I remember being so cranky and my parents being so annoyed with me because they were there. Obviously, we're all there for a happy day. I'm walking, I'm graduating, and I'm just pissed. <laughs> just pissed and irritated. I don't want to be there. I want to get the fuck out of there. I'm just like- don't touch me! Like I don't want to take any pictures, and they're just like you're. You're being a bitch. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we did the competition, and after that, uh, bin- we binged. Sorry, I binged, and uh, but I binged not just for like that weekend, and then I went right back to just regular eating. So here's the thing. Um, We binged that weekend, ate, drank, whatever we wanted. Um, And then that week I started eating just regular like whole food meals, but I was still gaining weight so rapidly. I'm sure it was more than just regular whole food meals. It wasn't part of the meal plan, but it was just regular food, right? A regular breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, um, probably, you know, some uh, untracked snacks in between that time as well. Um, But I gained 25 to almost 30 pounds within two months, and I was mortified. I was so mortified that I started going to a different gym just so people wouldn't see or recognize me. I was so embarrassed. I was so mortified. I thought I was a failure. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm heavier than I was when I started eight months ago, in San Francisco. And I just could not believe it. And it just completely blew my confidence. And I, I, um, I became just, I, I don't know what happened, but I, everything else in my life did not matter to me at that point because all I wanted to figure out was how to get my body back. That's it. And so I made it my life's mission um, to figure out what is going on with my body. I, it just didn't make sense to me. And then I came across Lane Norton's uh, YouTube video back when you know YouTube was just starting out. And he explained the phenomenon of what happens to a lot of competitors who overly restrict their nutrition and stick to basic meal plan and... Um, over, you know, do a shit ton of cardio and they go back to, you know, they're overeating after the show and they're binging and they're, you know, eating. And he called it metabolic damage at that time. But we know now there's no such thing as metabolic damage. It's just your metabolism is responding to the habits that you have been doing all mm-hmm. this time. And so, yes, it makes sense that you have been um, under eating and over exercising for so long that even if you go back to eating normal, regular, healthy food, you're body is playing catch up to that, right? Your body is just responding to the the extra calories that you're eating and the less cardio and less activity that you're doing. Obviously your body is going to gain weight. Your metabolism is going to respond to that. And so I remember sitting on my bed, listening to this YouTube video, and it just clicked. Like, Nothing made more sense to me than what Lane Norton said in that video. And I remember just staring at my screen like, damn, this makes so much sense. And and then in that moment, like I felt free. I felt mm-hmm. free because I understood what was happening to my body. And then he also was talking about macros and flexible mm-hmm. dieting. And that was also the day that I learned that fruit were carbs. <laughs> Wow, well, that really resonated with you. You're like, wait yeah. a second. Yeah. I was like, wait, fruit has corn?
1: <gasps> no. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no
0: idea. Raspberries? Like, are you kidding? I started Googling everything.
1: That goes to show how little we knew about nutrition. We were yeah. just, this is why, like, getting a meal plan. And I think so many of our clients are like, just tell me what to eat. And I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Anyone can tell you what to eat. You can yeah. find something off Google to tell you what to eat, yeah. but that's not going to tell you or you're not going to learn anything right. about how what, what food does to you yeah. and how it makes you feel. So yeah. that yeah. just goes to show like we literally did a bodybuilding competition, got jacked and had no idea how nutrition yeah. works.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then after that, um, he started talking about how you can still build your physique and lose fat eating things like pancakes and cookies and Pop-Tarts, like Pop-Tarts was this thing back then. Um, So it was like the, the trend back then was if it fits your macros, Mm which isn't good either. And we'll get into all of that later, but um, I was only eating chicken and vegetables up until that point. And I swear to you, when I found macro-based nutrition, I didn't eat vegetables for two freaking years. I was like, fuck that shit. I, I'm not eating any more vegetables. And um, I I hired a coach, or we hired the same coach, um, where he took us through a reverse diet, so rehabilitating our metabolism. And this was really uncomfortable for me because i I accepted where I was at. I was like, I can't continue to lose weight because that's not what my body needs right now. What my body needs is for me to eat more. Um, So I understood that process, but it was so hard. It was so hard because I was so uncomfortable in my body. I couldn't fit in any of my clothes. I lived on black stretchy pants and just either I was either in gym clothes or black stretchy pants and um oversized shirts to work i worked at uh, matt cosmetics at that time so i just felt really uncomfortable because i didn't feel my best but i knew that i was heading in the right direction and so i used that time to really build muscle because i was eating more calories uh, and so i was lifting heavier i was doing very minimal cardio and so i was actually enjoying the process because it was a completely new venture for me but it was still very uncomfortable and i still did not want to go out. Like I secluded myself. I isolated myself. I I didn't go out with friends. I didn't go out with family. Actually, my mom was worried about me. She asked me if I had any friends still. She was like-
1: like, She lives in San Francisco at the time. San Francisco?
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean- I, I guess I really didn't have any friends at that time because I stopped hanging out with all of the friends that we were doing drugs and alcohol with. Alyssa was mm-hmm. in Francisco. I just moved to San Diego, but I didn't really care. I was like, I'm literally in like my own world trying to get places and trying to get my physique back to place. All I did at that time was work and school. I mean, no, not school, uh, work and gym. Uh, and so I uh, accepted that, okay, this is just where I'm at and it is what it is. And I knew it was the right move. And um, that was the beginning of developing really, really, really bad body image issues, body dysmorphia, because nothing felt good enough. I remember after, um, after uh, going through the reverse diet, we went, we went through a 19, almost 20-week weight cut and i just was never satisfied i remember weighing myself multiple times per day measuring my waist multiple times per day breaking down crying i remember you know telling him you know i had a bad day i measured my waist like 3 times and weighed myself you know morning afternoon at night he was like "well shante why would you do that"
1: <laughs> and this yeah. was actually you weren't gonna do a show again but I was actually doing a yes. show I was prepping for my second show and you were like I'm not doing that because you knew better you were you were smart yeah, I was actually,
0: that's actually like one smart decision that I made mm-hmm. uh, I went into working with this next coach with the intention of doing another bikini competition but I was I was just not in a good place mentally that I pulled out of it. And I, but I still continued on with the cut because I I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do competition level style Mm
1: -hmm. and Alyssa
0: move forward with that. And so, yeah. um, uh, Just to kind of go back to, you know, telling my coach that I was having these issues, he scheduled a Skype call with me. (laughs) Now when I tell you How lucky we are in this time of our lives, in this generation, to have so much access to people, to professionals with WhatsApp and Zoom and apps and all of these things. I don't think a lot of us really understand how privileged and how lucky we are to have access to to people who can help us. Because at the time, I... We only had emails.
1: <laughs> we only okay. had. I, can, I, I have access to my old check. Did I tell you that? Yeah. yeah, I, it, was, me. yeah, yeah. it was literally like, wait, <laughs> waist measurement. How are you feeling? I was like, good. How compliant were you this week? Uh, 100%, like every time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that it, was my check in. It was very limited access,
0: um, very basic plan. Like, here's your Google document. Check back in in a week. And the questions are like, what Alyssa said. Plus, how's life? <laughs> you know, I remember one of his questions: <laughs> How's life? How was life? Um, and that's it. That's all we we got. We were on our own for a lot of time for the, a lot of the times. And so, um, I don't know. Sometimes when I feel like you know, the more advanced, the more access that we get to all of these cool apps and you know, um, interactions with people online, uh, the less people get excited about it. Um, I don't know. I just remember, you know, starting in my journey, I didn't have any of this stuff. And so I wish I would have had access to zoom, uh, workshops and classes mm-hmm. and, um, WhatsApp, WhatsApp and all of, and the, all of these cool apps that we have. I mean, it would have re- been really helpful, but I, we didn't because we didn't grow up in that time of age and we still figured it out. So anyways, he, he booked a Skype call with me and, um, It was very fuzzy. Uh we just, we lost connection a few times, but I was crying and he was trying to work work with through that with me, but then we lost connection and that was that. Uh, (laughs) Can you hear the can you hear me? Good luck. Um yeah, and so um yeah, and so that was the beginning to really just um managing my body image issues and just still having low self-confidence because I just was chasing something that I don't even know what I was chasing. I was chasing a feeling, I guess. But it took me about five years to really come to a place where I loved my body and I wasn't really chasing a specific look but more so a feeling. I wanted to feel at peace with my body. I wanted to feel at peace with my nutrition. I didn't want to think about nutrition all the time. I didn't want to think about food or my body constantly. And it took me a really long time to get there because I was in a place of once I'm there, then I'll be happy. That mm-hmm. was my mindset for so long. Once I reach this goal, then I'll be satisfied. Once Spoiler I'm... Alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler
1: alert! That's never the case.
0: That's never the case. You have some internal work that you need to do on yourself as an individual. Um, if that is your mindset, because the the journey is going to be a long ass road for you, like it was for me. (laughs) That's why I'm saying that. And this is why we talk about this all the time when it comes to mindset and having a good relationship with food and your body, because when you're constantly chasing the goal, goals are great. Uh, We advocate for short and long-term goals, right? It's motivating to have goals and a deadline and, and, you know, things that you want to achieve. But when you are expecting to be happy or that ever, your entire life is going to fall into place. Once you reach this goal, you're going to be very disappointed because that is never, ever, ever the case. And it was only when I chose or when I noticed, I'm like, God, I'm putting so much time and attention and focus on my body. I need to do something else. And so I um, I started exploring CrossFit. CrossFit was... I mean, I'll, I probably will, will never go back to CrossFit because I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with it um, anymore. Uh, but at that time, it was so great for me because it shifted my attention from what I looked like to how I perform in the gym. And that was very liberating for me. It's exactly what I needed at that time. It doesn't mean that I stopped caring what I look like, but my my attention started to shift in different areas. Now, I was still under eating because Jesus Christ, I look back on pictures, I was so freaking skinny. I'm like, oh my God, I'm eating. I know that I was only eating like 15, 1,600 calories while I was doing CrossFit. Um, I just also didn't really know uh, as well. I was still in that mindset of like, okay, sports performance, but also don't want to overeat. Eat, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. eat too much and, and gain too much weight. Um, and then I uh, started exploring Olympic weightlifting, and then I got into powerlifting for a couple of years. And that was really great because while, while I was powerlifting, I was also in grad school. So I definitely didn't have time to uh, focus on body composition goals and physique and all of that. So it was a really great sh- focus shift because I can spend most of my attention and energy in my academics and then, um, performing and eating to perform for powerlifting competitions. Um, and then after I graduated, after I passed my BCBA and after I got promoted as a supervisor, that exact moment, I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to focus on my physique. And that's when I invested in a very high level coach who I freaking love. I, I always go back to her and her team when I want to, you know, work on my physique because their level of coaching for me, um, is very like tough love. I love that shit. Um, if you haven't sensed by now, I approach things from like a tough love perspective and I like that for myself. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then from there, it, that was when the Path to Goals was born. So that mm-hmm. that was my sequence of events with relationship with food and my body and certifications and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And you guys, you'll get to know us more and more. But that, I would say, is a pretty good summary of both of our histories um, with dieting and just relationship with body. Yeah. It, it's
0: not easy. Uh, we understand how... Hopeless. It can feel sometimes (laughs) because that's what how we felt for sure. Um, We felt confused. We felt
1: frustrated. Frustrated.
0: Frustrated. How long is this going to take? That was always my question. Like, how much more work and how much more effort do I have to do this to get to where I want to be? And the thing is, like, when you're actually doing this for you, and when you are doing it for other reasons other than what you look like, you're. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to do this every single day because. You're doing it for your health. You're doing it Mm -hmm. feel good. You're doing it to feel your best, and your physique is just going to be a byproduct of those habits Mm -hmm. that you're able to stay consistent with over time.
1: I think what clicked for both of us was after the show. We were like, "Wait a second, we're going to have to keep doing this forever." (laughs) Like it's it's not like the show and then done, and then you have that bikini body forever. That's
0: what I thought. I thought thought that I just have to do this show, and I'm going to have that body for the rest of my life. I literally thought that.
1: Oh boy. Oh wait, I have to keep doing this. Yeah.
0: Not that, but I have like this lifestyle of the skills that you have to develop, understanding nutrition, understanding your body, understanding how hormones and metabolism works, understanding how building muscle and going through different cycles, like all the things that we're going to share with you guys on this podcast and later episodes, um, though this, these pieces of knowledge that you can apply for yourself, the reason why. Uh, we want to share this with you guys is because we don't want you guys to keep doing these quick fix diets like keto and Weight Watchers and intermittent fasting just to lose a fucking twenty to twenty five pounds because you're gonna gain it back just to get it back. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna gain it back. It's, you're gonna feel like shit. And you're going to feel isolated because when you go to the holidays or out with friends and family, you're going to feel guilty around certain foods. Like, we we don't want that for you guys. There's a better approach, um, a more sustainable approach. And um, hopefully sharing our stories today gave you a little insight on, you know, why we're sharing this with you guys because we've been in those 12 years
1: in the making. (laughs) 12 years years years. going through all this BS. Let Let us us, uh, cut your your time.
0: time. But let me tell you, it feels fucking amazing being where we're at right now. Uh, healthy relationship with food. Alyssa is now shifting her – not shifting, but she now she's teaching Camila how mm-hmm. to eat and, you know, hopefully passing down a healthy relationship with Camila. And I'll be doing the same thing for my son. And knowledge is power. And there is a responsibility being a parent, being an adult, mm-hmm. to show these things to your children. Um, and so we're going to talk more about that Uh as well, you know, modeling things, like doing things differently than what your parents did. You know, I love this David Goggins quote. It might not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. And I hold that close to my heart every single time because you can't, you can't keep blaming your parents. Can't keep blaming everybody else. Diet culture. okay. Okay. Take the
1: power power back.
0: (laughs) Diet culture ain't going anywhere. Diet culture is here to stay. It's just going to keep getting worse, especially with the expansion of social media. So it is your responsibility as an adult to find what works for you, to find something that is going to work for you and your family and that um, you pass down these habits to the next generation so they have a better uh, upbringing than you did or
1: a better relationship with food than you did. I love it. With that note, speaking of social media... Make sure you're following us on Instagram yeah,
0: us and talk to us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Send a DM say hi. I'm it's Alyssa Path to Goals and then you can find Shantae at The Path to Goals. And then she's you're also on uh TikTok, Threads. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, TikTok, Threads. Uh we also have a private Facebook group. Um I do lives there sometimes. Um but also If you are interested in one-on-one coaching with us, uh, you can go to www.thepathtogoals.com and apply. For our one-on-one strength and nutrition coaching, if you want to learn a more sustainable approach to nutrition, if you want to learn how to get strong, how to build muscle, how to build your physique, and just pass down healthy habits to your family, uh, apply for one-on-one coaching on our website. Uh, If you're interested in hearing client testimonials, we have a whole testimonial page on our website as well. If you want to, you know, read a little bit about you know what it's like to be a client here at the Path to Goals, we would love to connect but thank you so much everybody for listening and we will see you next time all right
1: thank you bye guys